This is a Sandy Boy Productions podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to All Have Another Podcast with Lindsay Hine. I'm your host, Lindsay, and I'm so excited you're joining us today. Today's episode of the podcast is sponsored by Athletic Brewing Company. Have you heard of them yet? They make the most delicious non-alcoholic brews, and they also have seltzers. I recently ordered some seltzers myself, and they were so good. They taste like a refreshing, spritzy, amazing summer beverage. Their delicious craft beer just happens to be non-alcoholic. So if you're looking to still enjoy a delicious beverage while abstaining or decreasing your alcohol consumption, give Athletic Brewing Company a try. They also give back. They donate 2% of all sales to dollars to maintaining trails and parks that are underserved. You all can save when you go to athleticbrewing.com Use the code AnotherAthletic15, and that'll save you 15% off. Make sure you grab at least two six-packs because then you'll get free shipping as well. Athleticbrewing.com. Use the code AnotherAthletic15. That's AnotherAthletic15. Today on the podcast, I'm talking with Lauren Hurley. Lauren recently competed in the Olympic trials in the 10,000 meters, She qualified for that race less than a year postpartum. In her post-race recap, she says, wow, one year I was pregnant and wondering if I would ever compete at anything again. This weekend, I had the opportunity to race the cream of the crop in the distance running world. It was by far the best athletic achievement of my life and hands down the most enjoyable. Racing with my son and husband on the sidelines was a memory I will cherish forever. Wow, that's so powerful. It's powerful also because she was a professional triathlete for a very long time. She has done 1170.3 half Ironmans. And in this episode, we talk about what it was like to be a professional triathlete and why she's so much happier now. We recorded this before the trials. So you're going to hear talk about pre-trial stuff, what it meant to qualify for the Olympic trials. And actually, since the trials, she went on to play seventh at the U.S. 10K Road Championships at the Peachtree 10K down in Atlanta. So she's doing some pretty cool stuff right now. She also coaches with her husband. Their coaching business is called Black Sheep Endurance. So make sure you check that out. You can find that on Instagram, blacksheep underscore EP. And you can also find her on Instagram. She is at Lauren Goss, G-O-S-S over there. I was super inspired by Lauren, and I know you will be too. Hey, leave us a rating and review if you like this episode or any of the episodes you've been listening to. And if you are a parent, make sure you head over to my new parenting podcast called Why Is Everyone Yelling? Because we have some great episodes over there as well. All right, friends, enjoy my conversation with Lauren. All right. Well, today on the podcast, we have Lauren Hurley on the show. Welcome to the show, Lauren. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Congratulations on qualifying for the Olympic trials. How does that feel? Feels pretty awesome. Um, I will say, though, I don't have a running background at all. Um, (laughs) So this, this, you know, I achieved this mark and like it's something I I honestly didn't think was a possibility. But I guess I... I don't know like how uh, how hard people try to qualify for the Olympic trials because I just have never been in the running world. I come from triathlon where we don't really have an Olympic trials. So I also come from a sport that is not time-based, right? It's all just performance-based and place-based mm-hmm. on, on the day. So to hit a time and like, you know, to hit a standard, like to me, it's just like, oh, wow, I had a great race and now I get to go run – Olympic trials. That's amazing. So it's awesome. But I I don't think I really understand like, how hard people work to try to get these times and make it to this, you know, this race, right. And um, just in the last few months, just seeing others in Boulder, some getting the time, some not getting the time, following certain runners on Instagram now that I never, you know, had followed just 
seeing actually how hard people work to get this. So now I'm like, oh, wow, this is a great achievement. And I need to really be um, super proud of it. So, you know, as time goes, I feel I feel like I get more excited. <laughs> That's a really interesting perspective, too, because, yes, in running for like Olympic trials, there is that time standard. But then say you actually go to the Olympics or you go to world champs like time doesn't matter and place is all that matter. So it's interesting that there are those, there's, there's both in running, whereas in triathlon, it sounds like it's just performance based. Exactly. Times don't matter yeah. at all. Yeah. Um, you know, and so, I mean, similar to like the marathon, right? You saw the trials for the marathon. It was super slow because right, the course right. was hard. Right. So, you know, I think triathlon is kind of like road racing, but the track, like it's so crazy and different, but also I, I, felt less pressure and less I wasn't nervous or anything because it is so simple it's like you just have to run a certain pace per 400 and you get the time you know it's not like am I gonna make the lead pack you know am I gonna nail my nutrition like you know like these types of things right um am I gonna be able to manage the hilly terrain like that they're not factors so I I literally went to this this 10k and especially racing in Portland where I knew the weather was going to probably be good. Um, I was like, I just have to run 77s 25 times. And I knew I could do that. So all of this pressure that I usually like of these unknowns that kind of went away. And I really went into that race with a very clear mind. That is, that is such a cool way to think about it. Like pressure free, but you're coming from a very distance, not just triathlon, like distance triathlon, like 70.3, your specialty is so much longer. Did it jolt you at all? Because 77 for 25 laps is really fast. Yeah, it's fast. Um, and also I live in Boulder. So like, obviously I'm not running those times, right? So I'm also at altitude. So yeah. I was like, I really, yeah, I uh, I had no idea. But in triathlon, it's like my races were around four hours. So you have time to make mistakes and you can recover, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Like you have a dark moment, you can kind of come back from that. But in the 10K on the track, I mean, I know for track and field athletes, like that's a very long event. Like we'll probably yes. have like five commercial breaks in the Olympic trials. <laughs> but for me, I'm like, wow, this is super short. Like it's going to be done super quick. And, um, but also that, you know, that exposure, like being exposed, I sent, you know, if you get dropped like everybody sees it. Mm -hmm. Right. And then mm -hmm. in triathlon where, where if you are having a bad day, you kind of just fade away to the back. Like nobody even remembers that you're racing. And then, in the track, I'm like, oh, what if I get lapped? <laughs> like, everyone's going to see that. I'm be so embarrassed. So, you know, like, the short stuff, it's like, there's just no room for mistakes, really. And I did find that. I did make a few mistakes in my debut 10K, but that I'll definitely carry with me to Eugene, right? I'm going to change a few things. But uh, it's definitely different than the long course racing. I mean, the sports are completely different. And it's, I think that's why I'm excited. It's refreshing for me to try something new because I mean, how often do you actually try something for the first time? You know, like about as you get into your thirties, you probably like don't get to do that that often. So I was kind of looking at it like that, like this is brand new to me. So I'm just going to have fun with it. You know, I love that perspective too, as a parent, which we'll talk about. You're a new mom. Um, keep trying something new in your 30s, 40s, whatever, and beyond and modeling that to your kids. Like, I think that that's such a cool story that you'll be able to tell your son like, oh yeah, when you were less than one years old, mommy decided I'm going to go ahead and just roll up my sleeves and see what I can do, you know, on the track to see if I could qualify for the trials, even though that's not what my specialty is. And I'm sure in five years and 10 years, you'll think of different things to do, right? Exactly. Exactly. And I think that's what keeps, you know, sport a part of my life. Like I was super burnt out on triathlon and I never really wanted to do that again, yet alone do any type of interval training or, you know, anything like that. Um, compete or anything because I was so burnt out. So just in integrating something new, actually, like I fell in love with endurance sport again. And that's something I never thought would happen again. I thought that that was over in my life. Okay, yeah, but you so you said you didn't want to do intervals anymore. You definitely had to do some intervals training for that 10K. <laughs> I know, and I actually started with my coach. Um, I'm working with Tom Schwartz. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, we started working together in February, 
so, you know, we haven't had that much time together, but um, it's been really great, uh, you know, doing sessions with him. And I like working with him because all our workouts are like, the work is from three to five miles. So they're super short. Nice. Um, I'm, I'm not, I don't come home completely trashed and like, I can still engage with my son. I can still show up and be a mom, a wife. I can still run our business. Like, so um, his training is definitely fits my lifestyle. But when I went to him, I was like, my family's first, my business is second and running is going to come third. So I am not going to do a hundred mile weeks. I was like the max I'm going to do is 70 miles. And Mm -hmm. like, we're going to have to make the best out of that. So, and we have, I haven't run over 70 miles since we started. And um, it's a very, it's very doable. Like it's not that too much training. When I was doing triathlon, I was training 25 hours a week. And now with running, I mean, I'm doing nine hours a week, you know, I'm sure I could be in the gym and I'm sure I could be doing strength and second runs, but I just don't have time for that. So I'm really looking at this as how fast can I get with the time I have to put into it Um, instead of like, what's the best time I can run, if that makes sense. Yeah, I saw that your husband kind of gave you a nudge to reach out to that coach. Why did you choose Coach Tom Schwartz? We chose Tom because, well, he's local, right? He's in, um, he's a little outside of Boulder. He's like 20 minutes outside of Boulder. Um, and we are coaches ourselves for triathlon. And we really liked his critical velocity, like philosophy, like this approach to running, um, to do a lot of training around 10 K effort. Mm-hmm. And just as coaches, like self, like selfishly, we're like, we want to know what he's doing. <laughs> so we're like, why don't you just sign up for coaching with him and we'll see what kind of sessions he does, right? And then also, you know, let's see how you do. Um, so we chose Tom because we were always a fan of Tom and his his approach to training anyways. We were always listening to his podcast, reading his studies, following his PhD he was pursuing. So, you know, we were kind of fans of his. So um, I just sent a Hail Mary and emailed him and he told me to show up to track the next day. So um, got that rolling pretty fast. And, uh, ever since then, he's been a great friend and coach and mentor, and I've really enjoyed working with him. Okay. So I'm curious because this is a second athletic career, if you will, like you, you've done the triathlon, you're done with that. You're hugely successful in that full-time job. And now you've just kind of like ran this first 10 K grabbed a trials qualifier. And I'm just curious, are you, you're satisfied with that time and that, you know, qualifying, but are you like, is this going to be another career for me or am I just going to have fun with it? Do you know what I mean? Like, what is your thought process right now? Yeah. So, um, I would say in triathlon, once I started getting really good sponsorships and stuff, I started feeling the pressure, right. To race and, and perform. And I, it kind of sucked the fun out of it. I mean, yeah, I was making good money. So there was obviously a positive, right. Um, right. But you know, I even I had a few people reach out after I got this time in Portland, and I just don't feel it. I don't, I don't really want to go down that again. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think I want to do sponsorships. And I don't want to make running number one. Mm-hmm. I just don't want to. And I, I know, as a former elite athlete, to be world class, you have to make, you know, sport number one, right. And I just don't see that fitting into my life right now. Um, nor do I really want it. I like, it's just always going to come third. Right. And, but I do think I can still do some amazing things. Like, um, I would say I, I kind of even thought this was a possibility because I started following Kiara D'Amato's story, right. Mm -hmm. She was a huge inspiration to me. And, uh, I was like, she can do it all. Maybe I can do it all. Right. And so I'm going to keep going with this approach. Um, and I'll see where it takes me. Like, I'm not saying I'll never, you know, not consider running a, my number one like profession, but I'm not counting on it. If that makes sense, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna keep doing my 70 miles a week. I'm gonna keep doing my two workouts a week, and like if that gets me somewhere pretty far, then awesome. But I'm not gonna put more time into it. So I'm gonna just take it as far as I can with what I'm putting in. I love that. That sounds super healthy and approachable. Now, what are you guys doing? from qualifying for the race that you did that at the Portland track festival to, to the actual trials. Are you changing anything up? Do you have any specific goals at the trials? 
So this is a great question because <laughs> I went to the Portland Track Festival. I had no idea what I was doing. I mean, I, I did not know what a waterfall start was. I had no idea what was going on. I was just talking to a lot of women, right? Asking, you know, before the race, uh -huh. super chatty. They probably thought I was so annoying. But I'm just like <laughs> stoked to be there. And these girls are like, yeah, I run like 100 miles a week. I run 120 miles a week. I do two hour long runs. And I'm like, holy crap. I was like, I'm so underprepared. <laughs> and, you know, then I had a great race. And I was like, maybe I'm not underprepared. But when I got back to Boulder, I was like, I got to do more. I was like, I got to mm -hmm. do a little more miles. Mm -hmm. I have to. So even this past weekend, I increased my long run from 90 minutes to two hours. And I haven't run over 90 minutes in probably three years. And um, I did my track session two days ago and I was so dead. I felt so bad. Mm -hmm. And my coach was like, why? What's going on with you? I'm like, well, I like increased my mileage last week. You know, he didn't advise that, but I okay. did that on my own. And I was like, I'm becoming like, I'm getting sucked in to what yeah. everyone else is doing, uh -huh. you know? And he's like, Lauren, you got, you found that sweet spot training for you. It's 70 miles. It might be a hundred miles for someone else, but this is the problem. 80% of athletes going into their big meet, they start changing stuff mm. because they're starting to get anxious, right? You're starting to not have confidence. You're seeing what other people are doing on Strava and like, it, you start changing stuff. And that's why you see so many people that should w win Olympic trials. They, they suck because like they try to increase everything right at the, at, right at the end, you know, when they had this formula that was working for them. So, um, thankfully that only took like three days for me to figure <laughs> out. <laughs> so no, I'm not going to change anything. I'm going to keep doing exactly what I did leading up to, um, Portland Track Festival, you know, I'm, I like drinking wine. I like being social. Like we go on hikes with my family. Like I'm not going to be, I'm going to just keep rolling with whatever I was doing and have that healthy balance and not try to get caught up in like, oh, what everyone else is doing, you know, because I do think the fact that I was so far removed from running and I didn't really know anyone or what was going on or who was actually on the start line next to me, like what they have done. I think that was actually why I actually did a good race because I, I just really didn't care. I just went to it super casual and just had fun with it. So I'm going to really try to take that to Eugene, that like casual, playful approach. Well, I think that, the, you know, you mentioned Kira earlier. I think that's one of the reasons she like started really seeing all that success because if you look at the textbook material and all the people around you, like that can be super intimidating. So I think that's a great approach. I'm curious, did you experience that um, thought process in triathlon at all when you were talking about how like, you know, hearing people doing X, Y, and Z for training, maybe I should do that. Did you ever have moments in triathlon where you change things up and realize I got to go back to what I'm supposed to be doing? No, I don't. I didn't because I felt like I was kind of, I don't want to say an expert in the mm -hmm. sport, but mm -hmm. I've been doing it so long. But so for running, it's just new to me, right? So I'm like, what are people doing? What does it take actually? In triathlon, it was a different story for me. I knew what it took, mm. but I would psych myself out for like everything. Like I had like anxiety induced insomnia, right? So I never could sleep race week, like all week I couldn't sleep. And these this pressure from sponsors and on myself and my expectations like that's why I don't think I went as far as I could in triathlon I still had a really successful career but like you know my my PR in a 10k before I had my baby was 3509 right and then mm, wow I never re reached my potential in triathlon because I was so in my own head and like I let that get to me and now on the other side I have my my child, I'm married, we have our business, like, I don't have time to like, think about a bad workout, right? Like, I don't have time. I don't even have time to foam roll. It's just like, that's <laughs> where I'm at, right? I come in for my workout, I'm on breastfeeding, like immediately, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's just like, I psyched myself out in triathlon. But and now in, in running, I'm just like, it's, I don't care. And it's interesting, because the, the less pressure you put on yourself, I think you actually get the most out of yourself. And you finally allow yourself the possibility to achieve what's possible, right? And if you're in your own head, you, you, you just can't go there, basically. And I'm learning that now. And it's, it's such a valuable lesson that I did. I had no idea in my previous athletic career. Hey, everybody, a quick break here to thank Nutrafol. 
for supporting this episode of the podcast. Did you know that 30 million women are impacted by weakened or thinning hair? I'm one of them. If you're among them, know you're not alone and there's a solution you can trust to deliver results. And that's Nutrafol. Healthier hair growth takes time. You'll begin to experience thicker, stronger, faster growing hair in three to six months once you start taking Nutrafol. In a clinical study, 86% of women reported improved hair growth after six months of using this product. More than 1,500 top doctors recommend Nutrafol as an effective and high-quality solution for healthier hair. Yes, I am taking Nutrafol myself. I feel like I never totally bounced back from those, what are they, baby wisps you get after you have babies. Definitely lost a lot of hair after having babies over here. But you can grow thicker, healthier hair and support this podcast by going to Nutrafol.com and entering the promo code ANOTHER to save $15 off your first month subscription. This is the best offer anywhere, and it is only available to U.S. customers for a limited time, plus free shipping on every order. Get $15 off at Nutrafol.com. That's spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com, promo code ANOTHER. All right, friends, back to the show. So, like, I'm all about living, like, your life without regretting things in the past, obviously. But I'm so curious. Do you hold any frustration that you're like, why am I figuring this out now when I was, you know, like, you know, this professional triathlete, really top of your game, top of the game in the triathlon world. Does that frustrate you? How do you, how do you reconcile that? Yeah, if I went back, um, and this sounds wild, but I wish I would have been like kinder to other people and maybe Mm. not been so selfish because Mm everything was about me, like even my family, my relationships, like, I didn't care about anyone else. All I cared about was my training, my sleeping, my eating my, my naps, like, I didn't care about anyone else. Like I only like I had this tunnel vision of sport, and that's it. And now looking back, I'm like, wow, I treated some people pretty poorly. But I think the reason I didn't get the most out of it was because at the end of the day, I would win a race, but like, I really didn't have anyone to share it with like, Mm. Oh, I post on Instagram and like get all these likes, you know, but like I didn't have a good relationship. I, you know, my family wasn't around, like I didn't really have that many friends and it's like, I wish I could go back and just be a little more loose and like (laughs) just have better relationships with people. Right. Um, and not be such a crazy athlete. And I see, I mean, I don't want to mention any names. I'm not going to, but I see my peers, um, not racing as well as they want to both in running and triathlon now. And I, I guarantee you it's because of this, Mm -hmm. right? It's like, because they're so focused on this single goal, they like lose touch of what really matters and what's going on around them. And I mean, I feel like I didn't put what really mattered in perspective then. And now I'm doing that. And ironically, my, my, my athletic ability has increased so much because I'm actually focused on really what's important to me. And that's my family and that's my friendships and that's like our business. And then, Oh, I'm actually a great runner too. This is great. Right. And I'm happy. So I think a lot of that too is becoming, I'm older, right. I'm 33 and my twenties I was racing. Like I just didn't know what was important then. Is that hard to say that now? Uh, I think that was a hard thing to accept Uh when I kind of walked away and I Uh got pregnant. Like I would say I really struggled with that. I really struggled being pregnant and kind of losing my ability to that identity, right? That's Uh all I had Uh was working out, right? And I got married and I mean, I'll be honest and my husband won't, you know, he'll say this too. Like our marriage was rough at the beginning. It was really difficult because I was transitioning from sport. Uh I got pregnant we got married. It like, wasn't about me anymore. And when I was pregnant, I think I really came into myself and like grew into myself and Mm -hmm. actually grew up. And I was like, wow, like, especially when I could start feeling the baby kicking and like feel my body changing. I was just like, life isn't a sport. They're they're, like, look around, like I would go on runs and I would actually look around, right. And enjoy the scenery. And like, for 10 years, my head was just down. Like, you know, grinding away. And like, I actually started just understanding like what was important. And 
so that pregnancy transition was very, very difficult. But I feel like once I came out on the other side, I was just like a new person. And, you know, and being a mother is just, it's amazing. And I'm so glad that I've, I mean, I've grown up, right? I've become an adult. Yeah. <laughs> For so long, I was just a, an adolescent, like selfish kid. Yeah, it sounds kind of lonely too. Like, you know, and I've always said this about triathlon. Um, and I'm not even talking about the pros, but my husband, he did one Ironman back in the day. And we always say like, this is such a selfish sport because it's so freaking time consuming, you know? Yeah, it really is. Even on the amateur level. I mean, there's just no way around it. It is. Oh, yeah. We we, we have a triathlon coaching business. And I mean, I coach moms or dads who have kids they have jobs they're trying to do an Ironman they're working out 18 hours a week and I'm like I don't know how you do this yeah or why you would even want to I mean this is my job so I hope they continue doing it right 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 um I will say our approach to coaching though is having balance it's like I want to make sure you go to happy hour with your friends I want to make sure you go to your kids functions at school like you have to make triathlon be sustainable so you don't burn out right and that's like I think with anything you got to find that happy balance right but I will say triathletes as a whole um struggle with that they they struggle with that it's all about training everything's about training and um yeah, I, I try to like teach my clients like, you know, it's not all about training, you're gonna be fine. You don't need to go do that extra swim, you know, go to dinner with your family. So I, I try to encourage that with the people we work with. Yeah, the, I mean, those those weekend bike rides, they're just such a time suck. It takes so long. I always can tell when I'm out on the trail when it's a triathl- triathlete <laughs> running off the bike, like doing a brick workout, because they've yeah. got a little bit of like a hobble wobble thing going on. I'm like, oh, <laughs> he'd been on the bike for like four hours before this run. Right. And then, you know, you do these big workouts, like four hours, and then you're just smashed the rest of the yeah. day. So even if you are home with your family, like you can't do anything. So you're tired. exhausted. So it's just, you're, you're constantly fatigued. It's like you're constantly hangry. Yes. <laughs> okay, so you're excelling and running right now. You have your triathlon career, but I read that you also grew up a swimmer. So I'm curious when you did triathlon, like of the disciplines, what was your biggest strength? Yeah, so swimming, I grew up doing, I started swimming at three. I was very competitive. Um, I was on a trajectory to swim in college, get a scholarship, but I actually stopped swimming around 16 because I had an eating disorder and I got really skinny and I got really slow. So I quit. So I didn't do sports from 16 to, I don't know, 19 or 20. Mm -hmm. And then I was in college and um, I needed some outlet like of stress release. So we had this three mile loop around our campus I went to Clemson University and I started running that once a day this three mile loop and then I started getting into running so that was probably yeah 19 or 20 years old um and I I fell in love with it like I've loved it you know then I got back in the pool actually and started swimming again and then someone I had a boyfriend who did triathlon and he was like you should do triathlon you're a great swimmer you you're starting to run like now you just have to get a bike so I will say cycling throughout my whole career was always my weakness mm-hmm. and I, I actually think that's because I hated it. Like mm-hmm. you, we just talked about, like it was so time consuming. Like I just didn't like training on the bike. Um, so I, I guess my swim was my best and then my running and then cycling. Which is so hard because cycling takes up the bulk. It's, it's such a long, long piece. I know. Um, I know. Triathlon in college though, that's super interesting because it's just not a traditional trajectory I don't even remember like hearing about it at all when I was in college you know so um what was that like and also I'm curious were you fully recovered from the eating disorder and did getting back into exercising so much fuel any of those previous behaviors um well the first to answer your first question the we it was a club sport triathlon so okay um yeah, so we had the club national championships, right? And like, it was actually pretty competitive. And now I'm, um, some schools are making women's triathlon and NCAA sport. That's cool. So that's really cool to see that happening, um, especially to make our Olympic team much stronger. I think that's going to be awesome. Mm-hmm. And with the eating disorder, I, it's, it's funny because I would say actually running kind of made that 
made me get better because Mm -hmm. I, um, you know, typically people think, oh, running, oh, then you feel like you need to be skinny because then you're fast. But it was the opposite for me. Um, Running filled that piece of control that I need uh, needed, I guess, at the time. Um, It made me feel good. And I don't know, like the running kind of made me healthy again. So I would say running is what kind of ended that eating disorder along with obviously other work, right? Um, And I've just, I kind of traded one thing for another. So, but I I did running in a healthy way. And I've never, ever, ever actually even thought about being, I needed to be skinnier to run faster. Even now, you know, like I know, and I've learned from my past, like that's just going to take, running away from me right Mm -hmm. so I've actually ever since then I've actually really never struggled with it again but sport has kind of managed that right I feel like it's a healthy balance okay I'm super curious how did you meet your husband so we met um at a race in San Francisco the escape from Alcatraz triathlon and we kind of exited the swim at the same time (laughs) I know that sounds crazy but um I had met him before the race at a coffee shop he was a friend of a friend, and but I didn't think much of it, like whatever. And then we we came out of the water together, um, out of the swim, and I was like, oh, that's like interesting. <laughs> I was like, that's <laughs> ironic. Out of the three thousand people here, he's the person I'm coming out of the swim with. <laughs> so that was interesting. And then we just kind of stayed in touch, and it was it was pretty quick. He was living in San Francisco at the time, um, and he was not a professional athlete. He just did, you know, triathlon for, as a hobby. Uh, and yeah, we got like, we met, got married and got pregnant, like all within two years. So everything was super quick. Um, so yeah, we met at a triathlon. <laughs> um, so did you beat him in the triathlon? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, n- well, no, because he was doing a relay. Uh, so he was actually okay. only doing the spin portion. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's so good. Yeah, I noticed I was looking I was talking through your Instagram and I was like, man, they got like pregnant, like the day they got married. I know I got we got married September 28th. And I we think I got pregnant around October 24th. You know, oh and, um, my gosh. You know, and like, we did not get married because I was pregnant. I got pregnant after. <laughs> <laughs> but at the time I was quitting. I mean, I was just ended racing triathlon, right? So I was like, I want to get pregnant immediately because then maybe I want to get back into something else. Okay. You know? So you so, wanted you wanted to have a baby then early on. Yeah, I did. I did. Yeah. But your, your first year of marriage, it's like you're done with triathlon. You also got married, got pregnant. And it's like, I mean, being pregnant, there's a lot of hormones and like emotions involved there. It's not just like, okay, we're going to have a baby now. So I'm sure that that on top of losing the ability. I know you worked out through your pregnancy, but like you're not working out at the intensity that you were. So I'm sure that that was really challenging. I mean, did you have moments when you're walking through that where you're just like, okay, we need like a come to Jesus here so we can talk through what's really happening because the first year of marriage can be hard regardless, but add that in there. That's tough. Oh, it was so hard. And I was like, a monster <laughs> again. <laughs> um, I ran every single day of my pregnancy. I never took a day off through okay. 33 weeks every day. Like, I mean, by the end it was a run walk, but I, uh-huh. I got out there every single day and people thought I was crazy, but I'm like, I'm working out within my means. Like I know if I'm pushing it and I'm not, you know, and um, you know, that was fine. But I mean, I struggled too because here my husband is, he was like, I'm going to train for a half marathon. I'm going to get a coach and like, I'm going to have workouts. And I was like, no, you're not. I was like, I can't do that. Don't leave me behind. I was like, don't leave me behind. I was like, I can't work out anymore. My Uh body is like changed. I I was like, I'm having a midlife crisis. It was like, the last thing I need is like you going to your workouts with like Uh all your running friends, (laughs) (laughs) you know? And I really struggled and he totally respected it. And like, I mean, he obviously still did his own thing, right? He still worked out. He still did, you know, stuff. But he was very mindful of the changes I was going through. And he made sure to run with me twice a week, as slow as it was. You know, he made sure to include me and make me still feel like, oh, people like still will like go running with me, (laughs) you know, and he really made the transition much easier than, you know, it could have, you know, it could have been a lot harder. 
Um, but even as a woman and a female athlete, like, I don't think people understand like your body changing like that. And even, you know, you have kids like gaining a ton of weight. Like, yeah, I know you're carrying a baby, but there's so many unknowns. You're just like, am I ever going to be an athlete again? And especially for me, that was my only identity because I went straight from college to professional mm -hmm, racing. So mm -hmm. I had no other identity. All I knew was sports. And I'm like, will I ever be me again? Like I'm losing, you basically lose who you were and you're born a new person when your child comes, right? Like your old self is gone and you're this new person. And it's like, you have to kind of mourn the loss of that old person. And I, that was, a, that was difficult, but I think that's difficult for everyone. And I just had to, ex as soon as I accepted it and stopped fighting it, it got a lot easier. And now on the other side, I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm good. Right. But when you're pregnant, you just don't know. You're like, am I ever going to be able to run again? Like, I don't know, you know, and those unknowns were caught, like, they're scary. I remember like actually towards the end of all of my pregnancies, I like, I don't know, once I hit 32 weeks or later I would get I would get super claustrophobic in my body like oh my gosh just like and it, to me it wasn't even about the weight gain I just felt like I had no control over what was happening in my body and I was just like trapped you know and oh yeah honestly my fourth baby I was that's that was like my biggest fear when I found out I was pregnant I was like can I handle that anxiety of feeling that again and I also totally resonate with what you're saying about your husband and his triathlon or his uh half marathon because man watching my <laughs> husband train for marathons run his marathon PR I think he did that when I was pregnant with our second it was just like must be nice <laughs> I know and like saying it out loud now like people are probably like god that girl's selfish yeah but like when you're in the moment you're like what you're going on another run yeah. <laughs> you already ran today yeah. you know or like <laughs> it's crazy now just thinking back I mean we laugh about it now you know and here now here he is bringing the baby out to the track oh I to, love it so, so I can do my track workout with my team and you know and he's like oh yeah look who's supporting now you know and I'm just like thanks <laughs> um but it yeah it definitely is wild and it and it's things like, you know, when you're, if you're struggling as an athlete, right. And you're like, Oh, I feel big, whatever. I'm going to control my eating. Right. I'm not going to blah, blah, blah. When you're pregnant, it's like, Nope, you got to eat. You, you can't <laughs> diet. You can't go do a second workout. <laughs> you know, it's like you're stuck. So, because it's all about the baby you know, it's not about you. And, um, I guess that did make it a lot easier though, too. I was like, you're doing this for your baby. Like, you know, you want your baby to be healthy. Like it's all about your baby. <laughs> so I think the second time around, it will be a little easier because I do know what to expect, but actually I don't know because I guess we'll see. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> hey everybody, a quick break here to thank ZocDoc for supporting this episode of the podcast. Has this ever happened to you that you need to see a doctor and you search and find one that looks good, you wait on hold, you book the appointment, you try to book the appointment at least, you rearrange your schedule, and then you finally go in and find out your doctor doesn't even take your insurance. There is a solution. Just download the free ZocDoc app, the easiest way to find a doctor and instantly book an appointment. ZocDoc makes healthcare easy. Now is the time to prioritize your health. Go to ZocDoc.com another and download the ZocDoc app to sign up for free and book a top-rated doctor. Many are available as soon as today. That is ZocDoc.com slash another. Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash another. All right, back to the show. Yeah, did you have any struggles with postpartum anxiety or depression? Oh, for sure. Definitely yeah. had the depression. Fortunately, I had a very easy birth. I had a very easy recovery. Like I was back running in six weeks after mm -hmm. the baby. Thank God for my husband. Like He's <laughs> like, thank God you can go run. Right. Um, but I definitely struggled with 
the postpartum depression. Like, um, I had to get some therapy. I had to do some work on myself. And I, I fought it, though. I was like, I'm not depressed. I'm fine. I'm just tired. Yeah. Like, you know, like, I'm just not sleeping. But then I finally, again, accepted it. Like, I do need help. I need to reach out to someone. I'm struggling with depression. And, and at the same time, you feel so bad because you're like, how am I depressed? Mm-hmm. I just like gave birth to this beautiful child. I have everything I've ever wanted. Why am I feeling like this? And then when I actually started talking with a therapist and they're like, look, these are just the hormones in your body. Like your body's trying to adjust back to where it was. Like you're going to feel this, you know? And like, then I was like, oh, that makes sense. Right. It's like, and then I, after I stopped breastfeeding again, I had another thing of depression. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I hopefully I'm out of the woods now. I just stopped breastfeeding a month ago. And um, yeah, but it, you know, I think my biggest piece of advice to women, especially athletes, you know, coming back from pregnancy is reach out for help, because mm-hmm. you need it. And it's okay to admit that you need it. Yeah, and I, I think it's great that people are sharing that they are reaching out because sometimes you feel like ashamed, like, why do I have, why do I need help? All these other people don't have help, but like, maybe they do have help, then they're just not talking about it. So the way you yeah. just so kind of casually shared that, oh yeah, I was going to see a therapist and stuff. Like, I think that that is super helpful. Like somebody needs to hear that today. Yeah, exactly. And also like something I kept saying to myself was, if you don't take care of yourself, you can't show up for anyone else. Mm-hmm. So I started putting myself before everyone else, my sleep, my, my eating, you know, um, my mental health, like I knew I had to take care of those things before I attended to my child or my husband, right? And that also at first felt weird. Like, why am I taking care of myself first? But now, you know, I'm realizing like, I can't be a mom or a wife unless I'm mentally okay, right? And my mental health is important. And um, I attacked that pretty quickly. And I, again, I attribute my running success now just from that. Like my headspace is so clear and that's like been a really big, a lot of work I've been doing the past year and a half is just trying to get there. Um, ever since I got pregnant, it's been this huge kind of like project. Right. And I would say that's probably my biggest achievement to date is like being mentally healthy. Mm. And, uh, it's, I didn't realize how life changing that can be. I always tell my kids like, hey, guess what? I'm going to eat first. Like if I'm making them all lunch and I'm like ravenous and starving and everybody's asking for things, I'm like, guess what? I have a body too and my body needs to be fed so that I can do the things I need to do for you. And I think so often moms especially like put themselves last with like in the food department, in the shower department, simple things like that. And I'm like, oh, no, no, I'm getting my shower. I'm getting my full meal. And you'll all get what you need too, but like I'm not neglecting that because I'll do it hangry and upset if I don't take care of mine first. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, and that's what I do too, right? I'm like, what do I need to <laughs> show up for you? I need to eat. <laughs> um. Okay, well, that's that's so good and I'm so glad that you're in a good mental place. It sounds like, you know, with the triathlon career, so many amazing experiences, but also a lot of hardships that came along with that mentally. Yeah, a lot, a lot of pressure on myself, a lot of expectations, a lot of sponsors, like, you know, dealing with them, that's a whole, that's a whole nother conversation, right? And the social media thing, I mean, like feeling like you had to show up on social media. Yeah, like, I had to pretend I was happy when I was not, Wow. you know, wow, like always look like, everything's going okay. And maybe that was a choice I made, right? But it's sure. like, you feel the pressure to do that instead of just being honest. And um, I, I think the more honest you are now, I mean, now I just try to be honest, if I do do social media, which I don't really that much anymore. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think people appreciate that more. So now like on these, you know, if I do any podcasts now where I used to just be like, Oh, everything's going great. Training's great. Everything's great. Like, I'm just honest. It's like, not great I'm struggling yeah. you know or like this is what it took to get here and and whatnot but um yeah the triathlon stuff I mean you know maybe I'll do another triathlon in my day I don't know I will never say never but you know for now I'm really enjoying the um the life balance because I think we really have something special at our house going on and um you know I get to go to the Olympic trials and that's just icing on the cake you know I never ever thought that would be a possibility like that's so cool ever 
Um, I know it's crazy. And, uh, you know, I know I'm going to be there with a lot of fast, fast, fast women, but I'm just excited to be in the mix and see what I can do. You know, um, super bummed though. Kira's not racing. Like, I know. that was like the only reason I wanted to go. <laughs> I wanted to like race with her. She's so um, freaking cool. I know because her time was, it's kind of like, it's not slow, obviously, but she did her qualifying race and humid and hot conditions, uh-huh, you know? Uh-huh. So she was going to be in my heat in the slower heat. I, you know, I was like, I'm just going to run behind her the whole race <laughs> and, oh my until gosh. I, until I blow up. Like that was my plan. And now she's not going and I'm so bummed for her, but she'll bounce back and do great things this fall. So, um, yeah, I'm just looking forward to seeing, what it looks like at the tippy end of the running world, right? And just kind of experience it and soak it in. And I hope I get a PR. Like, I would love to run the Olympic standard time, um, 31.25. Okay. If I don't, Thank you know, you. yeah, if I don't, I, I don't care. I'm really going into this race, not for a PR, though. I'm really going into this race to be in the race in my heat. So I'm going to go out with, with the group, like, you know, the front mm-hmm. group, and I'm just going to hang on, like, why not? You know, I already have my PR this year, so I don't really care about that. I just kind of want to see what my uh, limits are. So you can either expect an amazing race for me or an epic blow up. <laughs> so I love that. That's so good. But I did read somewhere that when you ran your first open marathon, you um, negative split by like 15 minutes, didn't you? Yeah, I did. I That's did. crazy. Um, I know. I know. But I did that. I was in college. I had never run over 12 miles. I had registered for the half marathon. And then they emailed us and were like, for $20, you can change to the full marathon and qualify for Boston. <laughs> so I was like, I'm doing that. So I did that. And then I, I negative split. I had a great, I think I ran like 310 or something. And, um, but I was so injured after that forever. Oh, that I, I couldn't even run Boston marathons. So oh stupid. my gosh. Um, <laughs> I know. Okay. Question. Have you ever met Kira or have you um, like, yeah, have you ever talked to her? Just on Instagram. Okay. I like reached out to her. Um, I actually reached out to her asking about spikes because the Portland track festival was actually my first time ever wearing spikes. So I didn't even know, like I didn't, I was like, what's the, what's the uh, Nike alpha fly version of spikes? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I was mm-hmm. like, what's the fast spike right now? Cause I need it. And so I asked her some questions like that and uh, you know, just some advice for running the 10 K. Um, but that's it. No, I never met her. I hope to meet her at a race at some point, but I don't see myself doing any marathons. So I don't know where I'll see her in the next few months. Maybe you'll, spe- <laughs> maybe you'll cheer at a marathon that she runs in the fall. Yeah, maybe my husband will go do that marathon. Yeah, there you go. There you go. (laughs) I love it. Um, Well, and then I'll come do an interview panel of like badass mother runners and you can be one of them and Kira can be one of them. There you go. You'll be on a panel together. Perfect. We planned it all out. Um, Okay. That is so, so great. I just, and you know, I, last thing on Kira, she was one that I was like, my money's on her. I just feel like she's got a fire in her and when she gets out there, she will make things happen so yeah I'm super bummed at that announcement too but always always cheering for Kira and excited to see what she does this fall yeah me too I definitely thought she'd make the team that's why I was like I'm running with her yeah yeah I'm (laughs) going with that girl Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah she was my ticket so I guess I have to choose my next person yes (laughs) I'm gonna be paying attention watching the trials like I'm gonna be like who's she who's she clinging on to who's she riding out there (laughs) do it um, okay. Well, we'll have to wrap here, Lauren. This has been really fun to get to know you. Um, what is something professionally or personally that you'd like to do that you haven't done yet? Hmm. Let's see. Um, I think, uh, probably start a community here in Boulder. Like, um, I would say in Boulder, there's not a community for sport, right? Everyone, everyone doing their own training plan. Nobody Mm -hmm. needs to do stuff together, right? Everybody's like, I have my own workout. I'm like, I'm not going to alter that for you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I would love to make a community track group or like, you know, a mom's track group or just something like that. I want to build something special in the Boulder area that um, can involve a lot of people, like not just elites and Mm -hmm. not, you know, and not just kids, like whatever. And um, that's something I feel like I'm called to do. So hopefully I can get that going here now that COVID's over. I love that. That's awesome. 
Um, who is someone fun, motivating, or inspiring you'd like to have coffee, tea, or a cocktail with? A dead or alive? <laughs> Whichever you prefer. Well, actually, probably Kira. Kira! Yeah, I would love to meet her <laughs> and have a very strong cocktail with her. <laughs> <laughs> I love it when those are goal- the people have an answer that's like someone that I'm like, oh, that's going to happen in like the next five years. I love that. That's so good. Exactly. Uh, what's the best, most recent book you've read? It would have to be The Rules of Marriage okay. by Terry Real. Okay. It's a fantastic book. Anybody who gets married in the near future that are our friends, we get them this book. <laughs> because we're like, this book is gold. Who's it by? Um, his name is Terry Real. Okay. And usually I'm like not into these like self-help, like whatever books. And I kind of ro- roll my eyes. But this book was awesome. So it's called The Rules of Marriage. So good. What is your last message you want to leave with our audience today? I would say if you're struggling with anything, ask for help. Mm. Like it's, it's saved. I don't want to say saved my life, but it's definitely changed my life and quality of life. And it's something I never probably would have done, but my husband actually really encouraged me. And, uh, you know, I always thought I could figure it out on my own, but guess what? You can't. Right. And once you ask for help, I feel like you open so many doors. So yeah, if you're struggling with anything, you know, just reach out and there's always someone there to help you or at least listen. I love it. Thank you so much, Lauren. Yeah. Thanks for having me. This was great. All right, friends. Thanks so much for being here today. Thank you, Lauren, for coming on the show. Super excited to see all that's in store for you and cheer you on as you venture into some more running. Again, you can find Lauren on Instagram. She is Lauren Goss over there. You can find me on Instagram. I am lindsayhine626, as well as Twitter, at lindsayhine and Facebook. I'll have another podcast with Lindsay Hine where we have a group as well. You should definitely go check out my parenting podcast if you're a parent. It's called Why Is Everyone Yelling? I'm sure you've heard yourself say that a time or two if you're a parent. And check out Athletic Brewing if you're looking for some delicious non-alcoholic beer or seltzers. I am totally digging them this summer. Go to athleticbrewing.com. Use the code ANOTHERATHLETIC15 for 15% off your order and free shipping with orders of two six-packs or more. So grab a six-pack of beer and a six-pack of seltzers and let me know what you think. All right, friends. Have a really great rest of your day. A wonderful rest of your weekend. And as always, we will see you next Friday.